recorded live. Daddy, he can't do it. Nobody. Brother, he can't do it. Nobody. Sister, she can't do it. Nobody. I can't find nobody. 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 Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins, 
and whom you raised up on the third day, O God. We thank you for your might, with your power, your everlasting love, your everlasting being, O God. We thank you for being there for us in our times of need. And as we get into your word today, O God, we pray, O God, that you increase us, O God, in knowledge and wisdom and understanding, not only in the flesh but in the spirit as well. We thank you for all things heavenly, blessed in our lives, O God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, John, I mean, sorry, Matthew chapter 3 uh, is speaking of John the Baptist. And this is very important when you're, when you're reading this, um, this scripture here, this scripture here of John, that you understand how it is you need to deal with God, how you need to understand your path, your walk with God. Um, there's a lot of things that need to be done in this walk. But however, there's a, also a lot of things that others who pour into our lives, who minister unto us, who teach us, who got us in a way, um, you know, from our, our discipleship going up in any ministry to becoming leaders and ministers ourselves, whether, you know, elders, deacons, uh, whatever you want to call them, or bishops, ministers, um, we all started somewhere. And we all have a tendency to believe what we believe, and we don't always get along with one another's doctrine. We don't always get along with uh, denominations, uh, other religions and whatnot. Uh, there's always a rift in the current when it comes to the religious um, entity of our lives. And in this book of Matthew, in this chapter, chapter 3, God's going to show us something. He didn't give a... Um, and God's normally very detailed. And I'm sure there, there are things we, 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 we need to search and find out from God of how he will have each and every individual, um, you know, how you would dwell within your ministry. But God laid out a simple plan, a simple instruction to John and to all of us. And it says here in verse 1, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent. He says, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So John is giving this message of repentance. He's giving this message that uh, if you want God, if you want the kingdom, you have to repent. You have to be able to say, I am going to suppress these feelings. I am going to suppress this issue that is going on with me. I'm no longer going to allow it to control my life. I'm no longer going to allow it to be the stronghold of my life. He's saying, whatever it is that's holding you down, just repent. Change your ways. And, you know, uh, in our Bible study this week, we were talking about the book of uh, 
Haggai. And it, numerous times throughout there it mentioned, you know, about us considering our ways. And that's what we all need to con- do, consider our ways. And when you consider your ways, then you know you can repent. You can say that this thing, whatever this vice is that's got you down or holding you back from getting closer to Christ, you need to get an understanding of it, repent, and change your life around. Why? Because John says here the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So in verse 3, he goes on to say this. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Esaias, saying, The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Make his path straight. Meaning make his path true. Make his path without deceit, without gluttony, envy, um, any kind of, anything that's not godly, pretty much. You make that path as as holy as you know how. Because the coming of the Lord, you need to be ready. That's the bottom line. You need to prepare yourself to be ready. Make his path straight. So when he comes, he doesn't have to wonder about trying to figure out. He knows who this is. And, and, and it's going to happen anyway. The question is, where, where, are you in that number or not? Are you one falling to the wayside or are you still on the path? So when Christ comes again and he goes down and he sees those who are his, he can pluck them out with ease. Because he tells the angels in Revelation to go out, cast your sickle down, the, the harvest is ripe. It is ready. So will you be ready when that time comes? And for leaders, I always get on us leaders because it is our, our duty as well to invest wisely, honestly, and to those who come before us each and every week. We should deal with them with truth and honesty. Not misguiding them, not misleading them, not preaching so cold-heartedly on our doctrine. Something that we believe in so much that we're going to make everybody else believe in. But our doctrine sometimes is not even the word of God. It is something that we come up in our mind that we feel that this is right and that this needs to be taught above and beyond God's word. And we get, you know, sidetracked. We get thrown off track where now we're causing issues with others who are trying to find Christ. We have hindered their growth by this one thing that is eating up at us. Again, we need to, again, Consider our ways and repent and teach and preach God's word truthfully in spirit and in truth, not in flesh and deceit. God shows us so many things. And this path that John the Baptist has has taken Believe me, God has spoken everything into existence beforehand. So everything that goes on, 
God knows about. And I'm going to show you just this, right? So real quick, I'm going to turn over to Isaiah. Keep your mark in um, Matthew chapter 3 there for me. But we're going to turn over to uh, Isaiah chapter 40. And I'm going to show you how God works. Now remember in Matthew chapter 3, uh, verse 3, he said that, you know, for it for this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one who cried out in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Right? So now if you go to Isaiah chapter 40, and in verse 1 through 4, get this. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. In other words, get them to repent, and they will have a comfort about them. They wouldn't be all jittery and worried about, okay, uh, what's going to be my, my end game when Christ comes back, okay? In other words, when you deliver them, when you preach a message to them, give them a message of comfort, okay? Saith your God, speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. Comfortably, meaning give them inspiration, give them hope, Right? Not doom gloom, but in order for you to do that, you have to make somebody aware of their faults. You have to make them awaken to the things that they're doing wrong. So a lot of people look at some prophets and prophecies as doom gloom, but they're actually instructions on how to change your ways if you would just listen to it and not take everything as uh, someone attacking you with a, with a negative word. Okay? So speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. And cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her inequity is pardoned, repentance, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness is in Matthew chapter 3 there. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the cricket shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. So, you see how God had already spoken this, and it has been repeated verbatim here in Matthew. John knew his calling. He understood what God had sent him to do. And he carried it out without any strife, without any regret, any guilt. He carried that out. As you saw in, in, in Isaiah, it verbatim said that, and I'll read it again for those uh, who didn't hear it. It says here in verse 3, okay, verse 3, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Verse 3. You notice both of them are verse 3. Matthew chapter 3, verse 3. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. Says what? For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying the voice of of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. 
That's how God works. And we need to make his path straight. We need to make ourselves right. We need to repent of our ways. We need to show others how we walk in Christ so that they can get an example, just like we got Christ as our example. We need to show the world the Christ that's within us, not the flesh that we, we so uh, walk by daily. Because we pay a lot of homage to the flesh and give it everything it wants, but we give God very little of what he requires of us. And moving on, verse 4 in, chapter, in Matthew chapter 3. It says, And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle, meaning a leather belt, about his loins, his waistline. And his meat was locust and wild honey. So John kept it pure. He kept it simple. And he stayed away from the worldly things. That's what this message is saying. It's not saying that you had to go live like John the Baptist and be out there, you know, eating bugs and, and, and whatnot. But what, it, what God is trying to portray here is a message of consider our ways, repent of our sins, and release our souls from the burden and the chains of society. John didn't live in town with everyone else. He didn't go to the markets and, and do all this other stuff everyone else was doing on a daily basis. He was out in the wilderness doing God's work. In the beaten down sun in the middle of the desert by a river, baptizing people, preaching and teaching the ways of God. He didn't let the distractions of the world suck him in so that he would be in town doing this and doing that all over the place, okay? He understood God's word, and that's what he carried out. He understood God's mission for him, and he carried it out without allowing anyone to deter him or, 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 or make him waver in any way. When the last time we stood our ground? There was always something that we wanted, strongly wanted. But when it comes to stuff of God, we don't stand up for it. We'll sit in our workplace, oh, we can't do that in the workplace. You can't say this, you can't say that. We take God out of everything. We make an excuse not to preach and teach God wherever we go. But we make it our, our, our business. Preach and teach everything about us wherever we go. Boasting, pounding our chest, sticking our, our heads up, you know, walking all proud. Look what I've done. Look what I have in my life. And you want to go tell everybody what all you have. You want to go show people. As soon as you get something new, you got to go tell somebody. As soon as you receive a revelation from God, you want to hold it in and hold it to yourself. Don't handicap God's word. It is there to allow us to grow spiritually. We need to share this knowledge and understanding that God has given us through his word, through his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, and through all those patriarchs that came before us who put in the work. We also should be putting in the work and 
confessing to God any wrong that we've done, confessing, saying that, you know what, God, I am aware of this now, this thing that has a hold of me. Forgive me of my lack of understanding and my lack of knowledge in this situation. I would like to move forward and enhance my spiritual growth with you, God. Allow God to pour into you his spirit of love, meekness, righteousness. Allow that to be your guidance through life. Not the things that we we hold dear to, and there's nothing wrong with holding dear to, you know, children and things that you work hard for. And and God wants you to be proud of the stuff that you've done because he blessed you with the gifts to get it done. I'm not saying shun it away, but what I'm saying is allow God to get the glory. Allow God to be the head of it all, not yourself, or not ourselves, I should say, because we all are guilty of it. Now, John is sitting here, and he showed us the simplicity of removing yourselves away from society. And for him, it worked. He had to literally move himself away from society. Some of us can't do that these days, so we have to deal with society. So we try to make the best of the situation and keep ourselves grounded in Christ. So in verse 5, Matthew chapter 3, verse 5, Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized to him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? So he said to them, Who has warned you? Why are you here? He's calling them vipers because you know why they're there. They're there to pass judgment. They're there to ridicule, to try to question, to make uh, public humiliation of John just as they did Christ. That's what these people did. They were so high on their horses that they felt anyone else teaching and preaching God did not know enough to preach and teach God. If you weren't one of the priests in the temple, if you weren't one of these people who dealt anything with the religious sector of that community, you knew nothing other than what they told you. So when someone goes out on their own, as they would call a renegade or whatever you want to call them, um, and you find them preaching and teaching the things that you're teaching, they're saying things that you not dare say because you are lining your pockets. You are publicly growing in in the public image of, oh, look at me, the people, when they see you, they want to raise you up and you know, bow to you and, 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 and you know, make you in the front of the line and all this other stuff. But John and, and, and Christ didn't come to do that. They came for God. Lay, ways, lay straight the path for, for, for Christ, for his coming. So when we go out there and we actually save the souls in the correct manner, not misleading them, misguiding them, shunning them off because of whatever the case may be 
like the woman of Israel's blood and all the leprosies and, and everybody else that was going around in town, the, the, the priests would not touch them. They wouldn't lay a hand on them because, they, in, you know, Moses' law, they're unclean, so therefore they won't touch these people. So there's no healing going on. If no one can get healed, if no one can get cleansed to be in God's grace, then how do they get there? You're not doing your job. You're straight not doing your job. So now what? So so John came and said, you know what? I will get my hands dirty for God. If it calls me to be cast down, just to save a few, so be it. Christ did the same thing. I'll get my hands dirty for God. I will take on all the sin, all the dirt, all the guilt, the shame, the abuse. If it be for, be for God's glory to save each and every one of us, Christ and John did it. And this is why Christ said the, the words that he said, there's none greater than John the Baptist. Because he did the works of Christ. He took on the dirt. He took on the, the, the job that no one else wanted. He went against the norm. He went against everything that his family stood for inside of that temple and said, this is not God. I can't do this. I have to do what God called me to do. And if I have to go out in the wilderness by myself, then I will do that. If I have to go anywhere, I know God is with me because I'm doing what God called me to do. I'm not sitting here just trying to get a status. And you know what? Some people are okay with that. May not know much about God. May not know much about his word. Probably can recite it to you. Probably can read it front to back to you. But there's no understanding. There's no love in that word that they, 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 they think they know. Because their end game, their, their final say is, what am I getting out of this? What am I getting out of this? Am I getting riches? Am I getting public um, uh, notoriety? Am I on television? Am I writing books and, and you know and all this other stuff? You know, that's not God. The question is, are you right? Are the people who are following you? Are you making sure that they're right and that both in both instances instances both parties stay humble. Are we doing this for God or are we doing it for ourselves? John did it for God, and that's what he's telling us. Do it for God. Make straight the way. Make sure not only that those who are following you are right, but make sure you are right because you can't get, get the path straight if you don't get it right. It's like Christ said, the blind leading the blind. They both fall into a ditch. That's representation of hell. You keep following the wrong person, you both gonna find yourself ending up in hell. So open up your eyes. Consider your ways. Verse 2, again, saying, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Don't lose it on your 
ignorance, your stubbornness, and your refusal to let God know and all those others who may need some clarity of of your mistakes, repent, ask for forgiveness. You see here, we want to not feel ashamed because mankind has no forgiveness. We don't, we say we forgive, but we continue to bring things up over and over again. But God says you repent to him and he remember your sins no more. So he's not a God to bring it back up in your face five, ten years from now. But we in a human condition, we, we let you know continually the wrong you've done, but you say you forgive. We do not forgive. We give a forbearance. I'll give you a little time, but it's going to come back to haunt you in the end because i got to bring it back up somewhere down the line. That's how the human condition works. God doesn't work that way. And John knew that. He's like, I'm not worried about what the people say because there's no forgiveness in their hearts anyway. That's how we, that's how we operate. But he knows God forgives. So let me.